0: head over to JensHeidland.com, scroll to the bottom of the page and sign up. But now, let's get started with the podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Jens Heidland Show where I interview experts from different fields to connect the dots of innovation and entrepreneurship. This is an Innovation Breakfast Club episode, where I dig a little deeper into one specific topic with my guests. In this episode, we talk about retail, innovating through people on the frontline. Welcome back to the show, Ulrike, Ron, and Steven. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Innovation Breakfast Club. Great to have you. Great to see you again and happy new year!
1: Hello everyone. Hello. Nice to Good morning. Be back. Good, morning
0: yeah. <laughs> Good morning. Yes. <laughs> Good morning or afternoon, <laughs> depending where you are in the world.
2: <laughs> it's a gl- it's a global conversation for a global industry. Exactly. Well, well, put, Ron. <laughs> well put, Well put. Well <laughs> put. So to, to, today is
0: all, of course, about retail because you are the retail experts in the um, in, in my ecosystem, at least. Um, and it's it's about innovating through people on the front line that's that's our theme of today and we we start off with exploring stories stories you have experienced around this topic, stories where you have seen people from the front line innovating and changing the business to be better, to be more effective, whatever comes up in in your
2: mind. So who would like to start? I can kick it off, John. Um, I think
3: you
2: know, tr- traditional retail, regardless of the product categories, is an industry that is, we all know has been very slow to evolve with innovation for decades. And I think you know, there's been this very traditional brick and mortar business with a team that sells a product that has a register and, and the, the basics were in place. The evolution of the growth of e-commerce, you know, did put some new ideas into um, there's some new ideas into um, how business operates a bit and where revenue streams coming from. And I wouldn't necessarily call that innovation where I think the most exciting things are happening are really what's happening right now, which is, the focus on the the team experience, number one, because we are in a world where the employee experience is first and foremost as we rebuild the infrastructure of the community of retail employees um, on the front line. And at the same time, the innovation happening in technology at at the company side. So I'll give you a couple of really interesting examples. Uh, So as the growth of e-commerce grew, the ideas of like live stream shopping is a really interesting innovation where there are brands now that have built entire studios in the back of stores, or even replaced customer facing businesses with live stream shopping. And so that began the idea of chat functions that take you from the website into the store team. So the kind of voice and, um, and knowledge of an in-store team, uh, that is done via chat through a website, which is significant improvement in conversion rates. So th- there's this kind of, the innovation is happening on the front line with the merge of online offline and, and meeting the customer where they are. So you could be chatting on Instagram, you could be live stream shopping, you could be um, chatting, you could be then take that chat into a video call. It's the, the worlds are merging and it's a really important way to think about how it's innovating is that it's it's very channelless but it's about the team experience first and foremost and teaching them some new skills that translates into exceptional customer experiences uh, that are going to become even more important um, in the future great start
0: who wants to take on the next one
1: Maybe I could jump in, (laughs) like so much what you just said, because this is the time of our front people. You know, this is the time where we truly and finally really unleash and also put some responsibility, but also some encouragement into our frontline people. I think it's so nice with those new tools and new channels that people can embrace them and connect much better, delivering much better human interaction, no matter if it is Mm -hmm. online or physical. And as you said, in the past, I believe when we think about innovating on the frontline, it was more about incremental improvements. So I agree, it was more about people should apply something that has been innovated somewhere back in the value chain, whether a new product, a new store type, et cetera. And it was more about applying things. And then our frontline people had been utilized to yeah, just makes things a bit better. But I think we have never put whether the power, but also the motivation to truly say, we believe in you that you also can utilize your innovative mindset. And we also believe that we can have a feedback loop where we don't innovate somewhere in a headquarter, where we also listen very carefully and take back what people on the front line have to say and have to bring up. And that is something I truly hope that now we get some new self-confidence also from the frontline people and that we hopefully foster a much better interaction and communication between headquarters and frontline.
3: Great, great, great great point, Ulrike. I, I don't know if any of you guys have ever read a book called The Richer Way by a guy called Julian Richer. Um, he was in the Guinness Book of Records at one time as, as having... Uh, a re- retail chains that had the most profitable um, uh, stores per square foot in the whole world um, back in the day when, when he sold hi-fi separate. So th- those of us are, that may be old enough to remember that sort of thing. But, o- but o- audio, a guy a guy that failed and, 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 and started again. And one of the things that that he really embraced was that retailers should stop calling it head office right, mm-hmm. that they should call it central support because it was the stores that was the mechanism for having head office. Head office wasn't the business. The, the front line, the retail stores, the team was the business. And, and he really was was a very, very early innovator in, in supporting like those guys on the front line. So they, the, the, the business had a hardship fund for instance. So you could apply to the business, you know, if, you, if your mum's washing machine broke and she couldn't afford a new one, you could apply to the, the hardship fund for money to buy, it for her to buy a new washing machine. The guy went and bought five Rolls-Royces and divided the United Kingdom up into five regions and the, and the best performing manager and team in, 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 the, in the region got a chauffeur-driven Rolls-Royce for a week, every week. Uh, and kind of really just, just for, for me, and, and, and I go back and I and I do read this book periodically, as as you as you should all good books. I think um, you, you kind of there there are there are little nuggets that I've missed around that, and I think some of the some of the innovation. And it's great that we've got all this technology. It's great that we we can do you know virtual shopping. We can we can have experiences in stores with you know video cameras and, and, and AI and all of that kind of stuff. Um, but but the innovation I think comes around, and I know you're passionate about this uh, run as much as I am. About the team itself, about because they're the guys that have the knowledge, right? They're the guys that are that are talking to the customers, that are, are interacting with the product every day, that can give the feedback. And I think you know maybe some better innovations in in HR in feeding that back. I, I was fortunate enough that you know when when we started at store level, you know. I was one of those people that worked hard enough that managed to get into kind of a head office role. But if you think about and, and I don't know if your experiences are the same, head offices always recruit people from outside the business. It's very, you know, it, 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 it's probably more prevalent now. But back in back in my day, store people didn't get promoted up the chain in that way to go into a role that, that could affect change and innovate change because they'd been doing it at the, at the front line on the, at the sharp end.
2: And I think, Stephen, the, the opportunity now that we have with the idea of hybrid work is that, you know, at least today, you know, January 2022, the majority of brands are not back in, in their offices. Mm. And, but, the, but the workforce, so in the U.S., you know, of, of the working population, 50% of people, which includes everyone on in frontline retail, has no work from home option. They mm. are frontline, permanently frontline. Yeah. And so like the, actually the, the news is in this kind of idea of, well, we're not back in the office. We're not back in the office. Stores have never had this option. And so even today, 50% of the population can't work from home Mm -hmm. and because their job doesn't allow it, but yet the office is. And so we are in a very um, unique situation where I think I love what you said, Stephen, like the innovation actually has to happen about how we capture feedback and how we act on it and what we do with it in a new way from, from the office, because people Mm. aren't traveling. They aren't spending as much time in stores. Is that more, you know, virtual calls? You know, what is it that that's your way to capture feedback? And then what do you do with that feedback? Mm. And we have to find new ways to work when, the office isn't together to support the field. Throwing
0: in a question
2: towards that direction is it then a
0: leadership uh, issue or a task of the company, or is it the frontline who needs to inspire the leadership and push it a little bit towards that direction? Or is it both? What are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, most likely it needs to be both. And first, it, it needs to be the leadership to set the prerequisites, you know, to really set the field, so to say. You need to have a commitment that you truly want to keep uh, to speak on eye level. You know, it's, it's a commitment to say, I really want to bring new capabilities to my frontline people. And I want to encourage that and I foster a culture where people, it doesn't matter where they sit in the company, work towards one common goal. And where mm-hmm. equal, or where every voice counts equal, you know, where you can't say, oh, that's the frontline people. I, yeah. I I don't mind. Or you say just the one from the innovation department is the wisest in the world. So I think it is a yeah. question of culture. And that is usually being shaped or given the prerequisites by the leadership, but it is filled by everyone. So it doesn't matter if or it doesn't help if just the leadership takes a commitment, if the many people are not willing to fill it so it also takes a lot of responsibility and a commitment from the frontline people to say i want to grow i want to explore those new possibilities and i'm also willing to step up because being in a store you can also hide but if you say i'm willing to grow and i'm willing to put myself in front of a camera and do a live stream I'm even willing to sell something through the Metaverse or whatever. you know it's new things, and you need to show up so of course, yes, I believe it needs to be both sides wanting to make a difference and committing to to show up yeah uh,
3: I, I, I think you're right i think I think the biggest factor in that though is the culture of the business if 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 the culture of the business doesn't doesn't uh, foster that that enthusiasm then, as you say, you know, it's easy to go and hide hide in the business somewhere or think, well, it's not really my place to do this. You know, that the, the, all feet, I think as Ron said, you know, it's what you do with that feedback that's important. But you have to have this culture where we want to hear, you know, it, it's not like we want to ask you the questions. We want you to tell us, you, you know, what's going on. And 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 I think that's a cultural thing that that people feel it's OK for me to say, this doesn't work in store. And I know, you know, you might have spent thousands of dollars on a campaign, but actually customers don't like it, yeah. you, you know, or, 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 or this worked brilliantly, but we did it for two weeks and now we're never going to do it again. You know, or, or put, yeah. I mean, there's a hundred variables, thousand variables on that. So I, I think it comes down to absolutely right. The leadership um, and, and, and I think even at, you know, store level managers, we've all worked with great managers. I, I work with a great guy very, very, very early on who fostered that. Tell us don't don't wait for me to ask. You yeah. know, just just it doesn't matter how bad the idea might be or how, how um, you might feel you might upset somebody about it, just just get it out and let people know. And, and, and it was safe to do that. So, you know, I, I think that's where it begins. Yeah.
2: And if <clears throat> I agree, Stephen, and, and on the flip side, when that doesn't exist, I think then it is about being more strategic and more planful and think about it. Just like Ulrike said, like the idea of it become, becoming ingrained into the culture. So it's not a strategy. It is the way we operate. Mm. Like we are, we're always open. We would love to learn. We act where we can. We provide feedback. We, it, it's a way of life and it's, I guess it, it's similar, but different um, when you think about strategies around diversity and equity and inclusion and training, it's, it's because it's the right thing to do, not because it's 2022 and we need to have a diversity strategy. And so there, there's so much that's kind of layered into culture and people here that is very much felt by the frontline team because mm. they're the largest population of any retail business you know it's and and often not always the one put as the priority in the feedback loop Um, so we have we have a lot of work to do I love that you had good experiences I've had good and bad in that in that idea
3: oh and I've had bad too but but I I always think I always think of of of, of this guy and even today when I do workshops I refer back to him because you know he he just inspired me in that way that it it's kind of in my DNA now you know it's
1: great and it's always it's quite uneven let's say you have a retail store portfolio you have 20 stores you know 10 might be very active leading by example and the other 10 not so I believe if we don't make the word innovation too big we can also foster the communication between stores you know more about what have you learned what have you done better I mean, we all know that we, for years, for decades, we have tried to to really strengthen best practice sharing, though it happens on a too low level. (laughs) And I think what can we do through technology, but also, again, through the culture of talking to each other, learning from each other. And then I like so much this leading by example. So even though, let's say, you're a store manager, you're a team leader in a single store, you can still lead by example. And you can say, as, as you said, Ron, I ask myself at night when we closed the doors and the team, what went well today and what not? What can we do tomorrow much better? What has been the most frequent asked customer question? What can we do about it? And right. I think if you do those things, you improve the business because you come closer to your customer, you serve them in a much better way. And that will be visible in figures. Yeah. So even if you work like that somewhere, someone, somewhere, someone will see, oh my God, they do a exceptional business and they're performing so much better than their peers yep. yeah yeah
0: if we if we take this i think and and i'm maybe the worst person to say this because for me it's that's not innovation it's it's every business should be doing That's that's just logic in my world at least yeah it's like that a business
1: happens. you're right but still it doesn't <laughs> happen you know i was also um in my previous experience, I was very keen on dividing what is improvement, what is development, and what is true innovation. But then, someone I figured out that this is not fair to the ones that do those little steps each and every day, which are in the end equally important than the big things like changing a business model or finding new revenue streams. You know, in the end, a company, a corporation need to overperform on all levels, whether it is making existing things better. Or it is about bringing in things that are already industry standard, but not in your company to embed that or bringing something to the market that has never been seen or heard before. So I think you can't say I'm just concentrating on the big innovations, then you will be lost <laughs> or you just concentrating on, oh, my God, how can I be 20 seconds faster on my register? Then you will be out of game anyways. So I think it needs all dimensions and in order to not lose anyone we we should not divide so much and if someone says oh my god i found a better way to decorate my shop window and i call it an innovation yeah here you go if it really makes a difference then you can call it an innovation you know because otherwise you have those two three class um society again you know who does the best innovation and who does the least so Probably we, we should be a little bit more mild or more
3: <laughs> open. Over- <laughs> Actually, you, you know, I, I think innovation is, is, is like one of those words now that's a bit become a bit like entrepreneur that, you know, it, it, we, we use it a lot in our language. But we have so many different facets of understanding about what it might be and, or how that might apply. I think you're right, Ulrika, It it be it, it's some for some people that becomes confusing, and they think, well, I'm just doing. My, actually, no, you just innovated something that could really be impactful on the whole business. But they just see it as, well, you know, it's just just an idea I had, or, you know, I've always done it this way, and, and now somebody's recognised it. So, I, I I think it's how we frame. Like, I mean, language is important in 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 any any business, in in any relationship. But, but I think I think innovation's become one of those words that, that's now got confusing. Just like you know, yeah. everybody's everybody's an entrepreneur, right?
1: It may be different if you're a CEO of a company or senior vice president, or if you're a worker. So maybe we we should allow different interpretations on on different.
3: Yeah, ends, you know? yeah, yeah, absolutely
0: if we go back to the i mean we have still included that but the the, the people part and and the frontline what what are if we look forward now we're in the start of 2022 um the world is still a, in a pandemic state and it's up upside down everywhere right now so what are the things if we, if we talk about frontline what are the things you believe that needs to be happening in 2022 and maybe small tricks Every frontline coworker, employee of a company, could do for themselves as well.
2: Mm. I mean, I'll I'll start. I think the first and foremost, it's making sure you're taking care of yourself. And the idea of you know you you are you're not great for your customer, you're not great on your team, you're not a great leader if you're not doing things that are about self care, mental well being, all of that. And so the some of that may come through your company and resources that are available. And there are the great brands who provide incredible resources and, um, and opportunities for personal self-care and development. Some of that is more emotional. Some of it could be learning and development, because when you think about, you know, that uh, the statistics show that most retail employees say they, 40% of them say they've trained one time or less per year, that there's really not ongoing training and development happening in stores. So some of that also has to be self-taught. Like what are those resources? What are those books? What are those webinars? What are those podcasts? And the company could supply them, but you may have to do some of that yourself. So I think of more than anything, what can you do to make sure you feel safe and healthy and well to work and that that's number one. And then beyond that, it's everything we've been talking about so far is providing the opportunities for all employees to share how they're feeling and and what they need to be the best version of themselves. And when the majority of brands today have open roles, the pressure back on stores is enormous. And the idea here of like their stress level has actually never been higher. It's a very challenging time to work in retail right now. And that's mm-hmm. why it's like, first you've got to take care of, of yourself. I personally received messages from people of, you know, because of my book all the time about, I love what I do, but I've never been more exhausted. It was mm-hmm. such a hard holiday season this year
3: mm-hmm.
2: because of COVID, because of many other reasons it was just a really hard year and where we can provide opportunities to take a break, you know, potentially scale back hours. There's a lot of things we can do, but that's not what's happening. Mm-hmm. And I think it, The list goes on again, like, is it technology? Is it resources? Is it time? Is it payroll? Um, what is it that's going to provide them feeling well and safe and happy and ready get back in front of the customer again tomorrow it's not in, it's it's a very challenging role
3: i, I think that's incredibly powerful on what you just said I, you. I, I really do and I, I think i think that's that's what the general public doesn't see right you, you know it, it's like when you go and see a play right you expect all the actors to come out and and the show to go on and you know, everybody knows where they should be, and the lines are right, and everything like that. And you know, retail, retail, I, I sometimes feel is a bit like that. You know, we mm-hmm. we kind of on show and 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 we're we're performing. But I, I think you're right. I think good businesses take care of their people in in all kinds of ways. Whether whether that is through you know supporting them in in training, supporting them in 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 mental health or 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 uh, you know just better paying conditions, healthcare, whatever it might be. And they're the businesses that then ultimately become successful because right now people want to go and work for those businesses. And and we all know that the, the challenge, I mean certainly here in the US, the challenges around hiring staff right now has never been tougher. You know, walk down, walk down walk through any mall, walk walk down any Main Street and 90% have, have got you know, hiring signs in in windows, right? So, so those people that that put the effort in are are the successful retailers, and and I, I think the other thing that that we can do for those people is allow them to share in that success as well. You, you know, uh, whether that's financially or whether or not that's you know that's adding that's adding other benefits in, um, that the, the, that then creates an even more powerful business. That's how you retain staff that's how you get the you know that feedback that we were talking about um i think one of the one of the things that we we will see is is um uh, frontline staff using far more technology um you know handheld technology to to support customers and and so on i was in i was in home depot just a few days ago and the guy was you know scanning barcodes to see to see where it was and and, and all sorts of things like that you know walmart have invested a lot in an app about you know, you want a product, here's the aisle, go and find it, you know, that, that kind of that kind of innovation. But I think embracing the team and going, listen, we're, we're making your job easier. Here's technology that you can use. And maybe that, that technology then becomes their training aid as well and, and so on. But I, I also I also do believe that I think staff have got to come kind of 50 percent of the way as well in terms of, yeah, I want to learn. You know, and, and on the job learning, it was, was something that obviously, you know, back in the day when I, when I was in retail on the front line, that, that was how you did it. But these days, we retailers have a responsibility to say, look, here, here, here's all the resources you need. You, you, you come and find us. You, you meet us halfway with that. We'll give you everything that you need uh, in order for you to grow and 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 do better. And and, and they're, they're the people that are going to drive our industry forward.
1: When I'm listening to you, what what comes to my mind is uh, let people shine. And I think often days it's very hard to shine as a retail worker as the way we define success is not appropriate. So consumer behavior has changed and people we know since years just coming to have a conversation to test and try a product and then later on buy it online. And I think still in many, many retail businesses, the KPI framework is the same like 10 years back, you know, and we, we just measure too much, maybe the sales per square meter. How should a retail worker then outperform and really shine if we don't value brand interactions, visitation, etc. as much. And there is also something system wise where we need to set a, a stage where we really value all the work our frontline people are doing right now. And I think with a higher share of, let's say, online interaction to live stream, or you know, in, in Saint Laurent or wherever, you can have a chat with WeChat or with um, WhatsApp, whatever you use, we should also count those interaction as something where we, where we interact with the consumer. And then someone, it doesn't matter where they're by in our ecosystems. So I think this is an important part that besides dressing people for success, this means having the right measurement tools. But also, as you just put it in, Ron and Stephen, we need to have much better education. So we need to equip our people with the right tools and with the right capabilities. And not everyone is born to be a a media star, you know. We are born to have human interactions with retail people. So we need to learn that, how to step in those new things. But most important, what it is about that we in retail need to learn, and this is only done by the frontline people, to really Mm -hmm. capitalize those human interactions, you know, and to value those much more independent if there is an immediate transaction or if it follows Mm -hmm. later, so that that is something I wish for the retail industry that every retailer now comes clear we need to have a much broader KPI set and of course it's the time and we should have used that in Corona already but if you have not started yet, you should start yet to equip your people to today's world, you know. Yeah.
3: Absolutely.
0: If, if we take this, I think it's also one thing is the technology and the. The support, which is the KPI framework. The other thing is, for in, in my experience, coming from the retail um, and real estate world, it's also the mindset shift of the people who are on top. Because if they're still leading and thinking the old way, um, it's not going to happen. Even if you measure the right things, if they're not leading towards the right direction with utilizing the knowledge and the insights they gain from the KPI framework, it's not going to happen. It's not going to... motivate as well and i think there i have no idea if there is a kpi framework out there maybe that's something you guys should be (laughs) putting together and 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 inform people about
2: (laughs) i think some some brands have thought about this in new ways and i i'm just referencing a conversation i had last night with a regional manager um, for a big national brand and and we were having this exact conversation but it was A bit about also educating the store teams on, it isn't just about the KPI, but here's how the work has shifted. This is why you're spending your time differently. Here's how the increase in our e-commerce business has increased your workload. Maybe you're filling from store, but this is the value that it adds then back to the company. And as Mm -hmm. the company becomes more profitable, here's how that positively impacts you. So sometimes it just looks like more work for the store. And I think smart leaders then can just take that step back. And it's like, let me, let's talk about, let me teach you a little bit about how the PL operates. Let's talk about the five-year strategy for the brand that may include a growth in our e-commerce channel and a 3% growth in stores or you know, whatever those metrics look like for you. But don't assume that everyone in the field understands this. People, it's a... It's an office, like conference room conversation you're having at the senior level. And I've always, in my career, when I've had the opportunity, the, like teach everyone how the business operates, even if you don't think it applies to them. How is gross margin calculated and why is it important? Because the like every step of the business. Then they become more engaged. They become more interested in choosing retail as a career. They, you retain them longer because they feel like they're learning. Like, all of this is just an opportunity for us to be better, better leaders and communicate differently and, and capture that feedback and then act and, and share that, that feedback loop back to them.
3: Yeah. I think that communication thing is, is is one of those real key components, isn't it? The, 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 as you say, you know, what, whatever aspect of the business it is, it's how you communicate that effectively to to the whole business, whether whether that is, you know, to a to a, a checkout uh, operator or, or, or a senior buyer, you know, but, but the more. The, the more people understand about the aims of the business, the more people can get involved in the culture of the business. The more they understand, you know, we're doing this because of this, and this is you know, this, and this how it, in, it impacts with you. Then, then you know that stops that stops people worrying and stressing and thinking, will I have a job tomorrow? Oh, uh, we're not going to be a store anymore. Does that mean we don't need as many people? You know, I I, I would love to have been a fly on the wall with somebody like Best Buy. Um, you know when they, they they said, "Listen, we're going to reduce our sales space. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna put fulfillment at the back, and you know you know our business is going to grow uh, uh, with with and sales teams thinking, where, what, what, where do I go from here? What you know, what's that thing? And and you, you're right, Ron. It's that whole here's the strategy. This is where you fit in. This is where it works in the business, um, and we value you." And, and this is why you know these are the, these are the changes because we want to retain staff, and retaining staff is is so important right now for for, for every retailer. So I, th- I think that communication thing is 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 such, if not the most important key component right now.
1: Yes, Stephen, as you say, so um, <coughs> to me it, it's then make everyone understand why their contribution count. Mm -hmm. um, Now thinking forward, so what's the next big thing? If it is in the beauty industry, everyone is talking about sustainability and helping people to live a more sustainable life. And I was um, just, I came across a couple of months ago, uh, an article about H&M in uh, Stockholm. Um, they, They put in a prototype, a big machine, a knitting machine. So you can bring your old jumper they deconstruct the jumper, and then you can say, ah, please make a hat out of it or gloves oh. or whatever. So then your, your, let's say your shirt comes into this machine and out comes your new hat. So, and I was thinking as a sales consultant, usually in H and M I'm there to clean up, you know, the wardrobes to, to hang stuff and here and there to consult people, which look they should buy or wear but then with such a machine which with such a new innovation you also become you know a voice for the future that you say hey maybe you have a jumper and maybe we should just make a different design out of it use your machine so you become a real friend to say what can we do together how can i encourage you to buy less or to repurpose or to recycle so and by that Usually I would have been the worker in the end of the chain, you know, just making the sales. And now I become someone that really captures resources to whether bring it back into the supply chain or to help my consumers to live a more sustainable life. So and by that, you know, I upgrade my contribution to the company, but also to society. And I think this is such a nice thing. where where you really say it's it's more than just retailing or selling stuff there is more what we jointly can do to to help our planet and also to help the company evolve so um, taking this example I think it's something that if you ask Jens 2022 we need to see that those developments are already happening and maybe in 2023 they become mainstream so we need to prepare ourselves not just to put on our people on a screen to sell something, but also to equip them to be the entry point for a circular business again. You know, so I think there is more to come, and uh, we all need to be on our toes to yeah equip the fleet with the right capabilities.
0: If if we take this as a bridge to towards physical spaces, because I think that's a very good example. Thank you, Ulrike last time when we had the uh, innovation breakfast club around retail we talked a lot about spaces as well and physical spaces and that that they are not dead and so on if we if we now link that to the frontline people the frontline people all or 99% i guess work in a physical space so what are your experiences and your outlooks towards the future of how the physical spaces need to be shaped because of the changes that are happening, because of digitalization, because of other innovation, because of other things. Specifically, if we if we focus on twenty twenty two,
3: that's a, that, I, I mean, there there are so many variables in in retail anyway. You know, from grocery to to car sales. We were talking about car sales before we we went live, and maybe we might get into that in, in, in a bit. But but I I, I think that kind of innovation people always think about fashion and 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 think about um maybe uh, places like walgreens or cvs but i I don't see grocery changing very much um in the next few years maybe there'll be some more innovation around technology to help you buy i think and there are there's technology right now around you know tracking when you pick up objects and whether or not you engage with them and and so on so i'd that that physical space I, I don't I don't think will, will will change visually for for some time to come um but when you look at when you look at businesses like Souk for instance who are using you know digital screens and and short-term activations um uh, and, and and bringing in new products I think I think that's 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 a way that that, that space might change but then also maybe the way that that You know, shopping becomes far more of an experience. So there are places where you can relax and interact and have a, you know, an online experience or have a have a consultation experience. Um, And and therefore, you know, you've got you've got frontline staff engaging more and sharing their knowledge and 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 building rapport. You know, remember, 64% of people will come back to a store and seek out the salesperson. That gave them great and amazing customer service to get it again. So, you know, we should be working on on pushing that number up, not you know going into into department stores and and, and thinking where can I find somebody, where, where can I find somebody to help me. So, I, I don't know. We're social animals, right? Seventy eight percent of people want to touch, feel, and engage with the product before they buy it. So, th- that's not going to go away. Uh, uh, but but working on Capturing people's imaginations and keeping them, keeping them engaged in the environment, I, I, I think is is probably where that innovation in spaces is, is likely to come from. I could be totally wrong,
1: of course. No, you're not. But uh, building on that, I, I would just say, finally, in 2022, latest, you should give up on time-consuming. Okay work i I just heard about that in uh, grocery retail people usually take one third of their work time to change price tags you know isn't that crazy you should Mm -hmm. be there to consult your consumers to tell them about a new recipe or whatever to upsell to upgrade but you should not waste time to print out on paper price tags and to change them every day Because through artificial intelligence and elastic pricing, (laughs) prices change every day. So, And we all know that electronic price lines, this technology is available since over 20 years. Yet, it is not the standard everywhere. Mm -hmm. And if you translate this from grocery, we have this everywhere. In every retail category, we, we waste tons of hours in changing price tags. Not value adding to the human interaction. Or think about that now. It started two years back when you had uh, Amazon Fresh, etc., where we just scan, you, you just scan and check in. You don't need classical tilts anymore. Yet, how many billions of hours every year in retail is wasted through traditional cash line work? So, I think if you lead a retail business, you should do your utmost to free up time that your human capital can meet human people and then really have a not consultation work. or a great experience, whatever it might be. Yeah. But we should use everything we can to take out the friction and everything that is not necessarily needed, H- having high-skilled retail people to, to yeah, stay at the cash line or to print out price tags or whatever yeah. it is. So I, okay. I, I think we just need to commit that it is time to yeah, cut that piece out. You know, because if you just say, oh, I save 10%, <laughs> yeah, it's at least 10%, but you should not waste any time on price tags yeah. or whatever it is. Yeah. So it, I hope it, this is just one dimension where we truly break through and finally cutting out the friction.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I agree with you on the POS. Apple d- did this 15 years ago when I was running Apple stores not having you know, visible POS and, and making it all mobile and they're better than ever at it today. They're cert- continue mm-hmm. to lead in that example, but I would just add a couple of things. I think, you know, this idea of an, of omni businesses and channelless supply chains are really that that's not going away. And so still today I'm in stock rooms that they're fulfilling web orders on top of stacks of boxes, you know, with, <clears throat> mm-hmm. entirely not set up for success. So I think the evolution of store design is also a you know, proper back of house with where you doesn't have to, you don't have to build a distribution center, but you need the proper tools yeah. to do web fulfillment. The idea of, you know, probably spend more time doing virtual calls just like this is the store set up with the proper screen and the technology and wifi. I mean, their customer wifi, you know, so this all sounds very basic, but it does not exist consistently. Yes. And so, as you're designing spaces, is the stock room larger and the sales force smaller? Are the fitting rooms larger now so that more people can, can engage and feel safe in a larger fitting room space? Like, because the, to Steven's point, like the touch feel experience in fashion, all, all that magic happens in the fitting room. And so it could be less product on the floor bigger experiences in fitting rooms, better designed back of house. Um, you know, the, the trend in the, I think, store design will feel very, um, will, will hopefully feel evolved because of the way that we're operating now in stores.
1: And it has to, you're so right, Ron. Because to. now let's say people put themselves out, let's say a single store can reach 1000 customers at once with a live stream session. And yeah. then people call or order online, and then you need two two weeks to fulfill because you have an old school <laughs> backhouse, you know, where you say you're just not able to handle the big demand that is coming then. So it needs yeah. to go hand in hand. Absolutely agree. Yeah. And we are unfortunately far away from that.
0: We are. Yeah. 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 We we need to bring it up. Car sales run. <laughs> <laughs> Because it was before we recorded. <laughs> uh, it, it,
2: I think you know, there are so many categories when you think about retail: it's pharmacy, grocery, fashion. And I, I live in New York City. I haven't bought a car in years. As I leave New York City this year and and go on a on a tour of retail in America, I needed to buy a truck. And what I have quickly discovered is that there are parts of our industry that have not evolved in Mm -hmm. decades and it's just one more experience as a as a customer with mediocre to poor service i won't even say it was ever better than mediocre that um it's just one example of when someone can find a new path to do something really well that people are craving what that means and that could be in in there's a a new dentistry business that's here in New York, and they're expanding quickly called Tend. That you know, same. I do everything online. It's beautifully designed. It's clean. It's bright. It's energetic. I love to go to the dentist, so I'm strange that way. But when someone reinvented the the new way to have a dentistry business, I was like, I'm I'm all in. Like, and the car business uh, is just one that. My personal experience in the last couple of months has been horrendous. And I would love to, I, I don't personally have the energy or time to reinvent it, but it needs to be reinvented.
3: It, it's interesting because, because the, the, the motor industry innovation, it, it, you know, electric vehicles, builds, brands, has come so far mm-hmm. and yet the, the 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 buying experience as you say at best is mediocre and, yeah. and, and and that's been my I mean not it's been my experience of of the motor industry as well that that they' they they're not focused on the customer right that's the, that's the first thing right you know ten people jump on you when you walk into the showroom because that salesman needs to make a sale right but but it's not about it's, it's not about the customer. And and, and it, 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 I think as I think we were saying prior, you know, I think maybe that's why places like Carvana are doing so well. Because yeah. they, they've taken this to a kind of virtual experience and, and cut out the, the, you know, the, the aggressive salesperson who, who at the end of the day, he doesn't want to give you a discount because the more money they make means he gets a bigger, he gets a bigger commission.
2: Yeah.
3: Um, I, 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 think it, I, I think it's an industry ripe for disruption. Yeah. Absolutely. absolutely 100%. Yeah. I, mean,
1: I, I was thinking maybe it comes, I, I don't know if I'm right with that, but traditionally, it has been a producing industry, you know, you produce cars and then you had a distributor who just sold the cars, but they need to think like Tesla did in the beginning, more like a vertical integrated business, you know, that you really say, it's not about just innovating the product itself, also Mm -hmm. innovating all the way through how it meets the consumer. And I think this is the part that had too little attention. And And I think that,
2: that- Sorry, I was just going to say, I think part of it, you know, I've owned luxury cars in the past and the service was very different. And in yeah. this, I'm buying a more traditional, I bought a, a traditional pickup truck. And so I, I think, you know, brands like Tesla and, you know, Rivian has started to you know, in the electric car space and build these showrooms and service and culture that are really special. So I think it, it's happening at certain price points, but I don't yeah. think just as I very much speak to so much in the fashion space, service should not be different because of price. Price. And that's exactly what happened here. A traditional pickup truck experience was very different than if I went to the Tesla showroom in the, in the heart of New York City and bought a Tesla. I think the experience would be different. And I, and I very much felt that. Um, and I think that, that needs to change
1: yeah and I think that also really Europe and also north america has has a part to catch up here if we would look now on the Chinese market where everything is more mobile and fluid already, so probably those guys should also keep an eye on on that market and yeah speed up to bring the news <laughs> to right. our market
3: every, every every car brand is selling lifestyle yeah mm-hmm. right and yet the experience on the ground is. Is is nothing to what they're they kind of defining their their brand to be. So yeah. as you say, unless you get into the luxury, you know the luxury mm-hmm. end of the market where you know they, they take a they, they take a different view. So yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Bring, Bringing us home slowly uh, because we're reaching the hour. Um, what will you do in 2022 to focus or to to help? People on the front line to innovate, because you all work in and with retail. So I would like to squeeze a little bit, and I know Ron is already on, on onto something <laughs> which is amazing. Maybe you can share a little bit about that as well. But um, as well for the others, what, what are you going to do in 2022 to help people from the front line to innovate and and or innovate together with them?
2: Mm. Let's start um, with Ron. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> The way that we will innovate from the front line is by elevating and loudly amplifying the voices of people who are doing this work. And because the voices of the senior leadership team, and we've all sat in those chairs, um, are the only ones being heard. And the people doing the work that have all the great ideas and have all the feedback are the ones that we need to champion. And my intent to do that is to travel this country this year and meet them and hear their stories and use my platform as a way to showcase those. And, and, you know, innovation then comes through their confidence and their companies then listening to how important their stories are. And they really are retail heroes and they really are doing incredible things in their communities and with each other and with their customers and, and positively impacting people's lives in ways that we don't even know um, because we are home. And every day they're having conversations that could end up in tearful hugs with a customer talking about their experience of the last two years. And those are the stories that need to be heard and shared. And my intent is to do that very loudly. And that's, I believe, where where this innovation is going to change because people will hear that story and say wow like i had no idea how important the work is in stores Um, if you've never done it and i've spent my whole career in stores if you've never had those experiences you don't really know um, how important that work is and i i want to change that you will
1: how wonderful. I would love to join. You know, it's such a great mission. You're
2: welcome.
0: You're <laughs> I could welcome. see
1: myself. <laughs> I could and I
0: I will, I will definitely add a link towards your direction in yeah. into the I, show notes for everyone who is interested about that.
1: And I encourage <laughs> everyone who has not to to go to Ron's website Actually, and sign it. up there's an Instagram on your website to Thank to you. follow you and to cheer you on.
2: <laughs> Thank you.
1: Yeah, so what will I do? I I think my, my mantra for this year is making people strong and let them shine and truly see no matter where they sit in the pipeline to make everyone heard and to not accept any single meeting anymore when it is about optimizing something for the customer or, or innovating when not a frontline worker is as an ambassador present. So I think we really need to show in action that we bring together all the different perspectives of our business. And we should not accept anymore that someone is missing or we should not talk about people. We should talk with people and truly taking the time to understand the different dimensions of the total business. So I hope I can be the interface and reminding myself often to not forget anyone. You know, so to me, it's it's equally important. Someone that works with process optimization optimization has the same voice and meaning as someone that meets our customers every day. And of course, I think what I take out of this talk to to be much more keen and also in detail on the things have we dressed everyone for success. So how is the entire equipment? If it is store design, if it is a ring light, if it is Wi-Fi, we need to be yeah. Much more in the details in that case, in order to catch up. Yeah.
2: They're lucky to have
3: uh, you. <laughs> <Thank> <laughs> you. Indeed. Indeed. Um, for me, I think it, it, it's continually to talk about frontline. Yeah. You know, wherever we get the opportunity, um, uh, uh, you know, for me, with with, with workshops and, and conferences and, and so on, continually to, to remind people about all the hard work that goes in. To those guys, you know, all the hard work that they're putting in. And and but but I would challenge everybody that listens to this anyway, that the next time you are in store to actually think about that person's trying to help you and do a great job. And for you to be respectful of that and encouraging of that. And 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 I, I think I think we we kind of live in a we live in a world where people people don't see retail staff i don't know if you guys would agree with that but but yeah. they don't see but when you engage with them when when you ask a question they want to help they they want to share they want to they want to take you by the hand and take you to aisle 15 and go it's there right so so whenever physically you're in a store think about that think about that person and and engage with them and even if you just smile at them mm-hmm. you know they'll smile back I'm I'm not doing the grand thing that Ron's doing. I wish I was. Actually, I wish I'd have thought of it. But but and that's such an innovative thing. And and I think what you're going to find that you're doing, Ron, is you're going to have this little snowball, right, that is just going to roll down the hill and just get bigger and, bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And when it gets to the bottom, it is going to just shower people with with so much enthusiasm, so many stories, so much of do you know i didn't realize i just didn't know and and i take my hat off and salute you for doing that i really think i i I think that might be one of the most impactful things that happens in the retail industry in the u.s this year i really do thank you yeah
1: in the end it comes together right that you say people wants to be seen wants to be heard and Mm. wants to be involved and I think we see them, and you see them, run. but now you take right. the next step in really hearing them and spreading their voice. And I think yeah. the world needs to hear what we have to say, right?
2: <laughs> and, and the good news is um, that um, there are some, some retail um, support brands behind this to help elevate this. So Ubik, which is a very important retail training platform, is a title sponsor, as is KWI. Um, as on the POS front, as is Spotify advertising, uh, and so the idea here is it won't just be my voice, but having some title sponsorship behind it will actually make it even louder, and that mm. that makes me really excited. So there's um, there's a lot of momentum here, and in, in all Absolutely. for I believe the right reasons. Yeah,
0: yeah
1: awesome. maybe and myself will start a Europe version.
0: <laughs> exactly, <laughs> I'm, I'm up a for it. <laughs> I already
2: moved last week.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm all up for it.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's still in boxes.
0: <laughs> awesome. It was, was a super conversation. Thank you very much for all of your times today. I will put the links to Ron and you others as well, of course, into the show notes so that everyone who is interested in, in you as a person and what you're doing and how you are working in Rita And of course, maybe we will see each other again in another innovation breakfast club in the future and maybe even a combination with with whatever ron is doing so there are (laughs) tremendous opportunities and innovation possibilities for all of us thank you very much for joining us today in this show was a pleasure having you again
1: thank Thank you you thank you thank
0: you guys (laughs) thanks for listening to today's episode You will find the links and resources in the show notes of this episode. If you would like to support the podcast, the most impactful thing you can do is subscribing to the show on any of the podcasting platforms and give me a review. This will help me to reach more innovators around the world and bring some of you into the show. If you have any questions to the guest or want to engage with me, feel free to reach out to me on social media and contact me there. Thanks and see you in the next episode.